I do like everything, everything. Oh, strong point on a pad out of the section. <laughs> Controversial. Tell me more. You know what, guys? I don't like everything, everything. That's not <laughs> true. <laughs> if we look to history, was it your final, Lewis? You said in the past that you like everything, everything. History doesn't lie. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of The Playlist Game with James, Henry, and Lewis. Every episode, we come together to talk about our 10-song playlist with a different title each time. Today's title is History, and this title was proposed by Henry, so he's going to give us a few words about it, and we'll go straight into it. Um, well, as you as you all know, I'm a, a historian myself. So uh, this, I'm somewhat of a mystery. Myself. Yeah, exactly. So this is very, very <laughs> a, no- a knowledgeable man. <laughs> this is a topic very close to my heart. Um, this has been my playlist for this has been pretty much sorted for quite a long time now. So it's, I'm really looking forward to. It. I think it's one of my stronger ones because I think that really? yeah, I think this is a title that any genre can be picked. It focuses mm. on lyrics, focuses on storytelling. So many stories that can be told. So many ways that can be interpreted history. It's basically everything that has just happened, going back as far as you can possibly yeah. go. Um, so there's a there's a big. Was this your first lecture on yeah, history? Exactly. Course? Yeah, that is nine grand that was not wasted <laughs> to come away with that knowledge. Nice, nice. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited for this one. Actually, I think I think it's going to be a good. One. So here we go. We are starting with I thought you know a bit of a solid start easy way into it this is Night of the Long Knives from Everything Everything which is a band I'm not happy at all have you have you got this as well oh yeah. no. no this was Straight one of my favourite choices I might wow well I picked it first so and you know I picked it first not just for this actual podcast itself but this has been on the deck this has been the first number one song on my players for six months now so yeah I, I, I called I, I called dibs can't question it really <laughs> This is from their 2017 album, A Fever Dream. Um, obviously, The Night of the Long Knives itself is a series of murders carried out by Adolf Hitler in the summer of 1934 to consolidate his power. Yeah, there we go. Um, <laughs> one of the main um, uh, figures disposal was Ernst Rom, the leader of the SA, um, who was criticised for leading the Nazis' paramilitary organisation into a thuggish, in a thuggish <laughs> manner. So uh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure we knew. Well, I'm gonna right. give it to you. This is my this is my time to shine. <laughs> so this next song, I mean, I mean, I hope none of you heard of it because I've been holding off basically recommending it to you for ages. Um, <laughs> so this is Perestroika by uh, Apathy and OC from the 2017 album, um, also called Perestroika. Um, this is just such a banger. Um, oh, it's amazing. And like, so Perestroika itself is obviously a movement for the reformation of the Soviet Union, mm. headed by Gorbachev in the in the eighties, culminating basically. Feels like I'm back in my yeah, culminating basically in the uh, fall of the Berlin Wall. Um, it basically just means restructuring. And similar to that first song, um, the songwriter basically uses this historical moment or movement as a way to translate to today um, 
basically they're saying that all these issues that we've got such as pollution um uh, you know the corruption in governments corruption in the media um the way we consume media the way we eat the way we drink um and basically experience life all needs restructuring uh, otherwise we face uh basically destruction there's a, there's a lot of there's a lot of those themes in in quite a few of the songs i've chosen oh, good. like it seems to be well i mean it's such a it's such a, an easy element of history to to recognize that it does repeat itself yeah, and sure. sort of try to try to warn against yeah. it even though you know that it's inevitable yeah. that it's going to happen again but also and, and we can see it that's happening. right but also it's a, yeah so it's a it's a topic and a sort of theme rich for rich for songwriters rich for poets and art all right um so this is my next one so i thought i'd go from quite modern history way back to uh Mm. We're about to ancient times. So this is the Tales of Brave Ulysses from Cream, uh, a 1967 song from Disraeli Gears, uh, their album, which is a really important, like, famous album from the 60s. Um, it's also one of the, I think this is for Lewis, it's one of the earliest uses of the wah-wah pedal. I don't really know what that is. Wow. Yeah. Um, used by Eric Clapton in this instance. So that's sort of like, yeah. that, that sound is basically, wow. yeah, it's one of the earliest examples you'll actually find of that, which is quite cool. Um, obviously, it sort of helped to find the, the sort of the sound of psychedelic music. Yeah, exactly, that's right. Yeah, it's, it's, so it's all over Hendrix's music, yeah. you hear that, all over Pink Floyd. Now, it's like a common thing that every guitarist has yeah. on their guitar pedal board now. It's sort of like a basic thing that everyone has. And also, obviously, Ulysses, you know, this is a song that talks about the ancient epic poem um, by Homer about the trials of Odysseus on his way back from uh, fighting. Obviously, this is, is, that's actually more based in myth than actual history. Um, obviously, you know, mm. there's debates about whether the uh, the Battle of Troy actually happened, and obviously, the actual tale of Ulysses or Odysseus himself involves, you know, all kinds of monsters and cyclopses and sirens. Sure. So, uh, you know, so. But at the same time, you can't ignore the uh, sort of the cultural impact exactly. that stories have had, you know, in history. Hey, you, yeah, the stories you, themselves. That's right. You sound like a historian. No, so you sure? Yeah, you, you sure? <laughs> This is, I think, the most appropriate one I've picked, and I think potentially my favourite song. Stick with it because it is quite long, but it's just so beautiful. Um, this is The Town I Loved So Well by the Dubliners, um, released on their 1973 album Plain and Simple. In the town I loved so well. It's written by Phil Coulter. And it's all about his childhood in Derry in Northern Ireland. Um, and the first, it's basically written like a poem. Um, it's all about, I think the first three verses or two verses, all about basically just growing up in this small town. Um, a really pleasant childhood filled around with family, no division whatsoever. Um, but this song hinges and changes its tone in the last two verses. Um, talking about basically the Troubles, which obviously began in the late 1960s and only, I mean, technically still going on, you could argue, today, but sort of formally ended in 1998 with the Good Friday Agreement. Well, I was, when I was doing research for this playlist, yeah. there are so many songs on this topic. Yeah, there really it's is. Some, really... I have, I had at least two on my playlist at one point. Yeah. yeah. But I think that's because 
it's just such a I mean all Irish you know Ireland produces a huge amount of great artists and mm. and the troubles will form such a huge part of their life so it's understandable yeah and I thought so that's a bit of a bit of a lower in the tempo yeah. and then I'm going to bring it back up with a classic <laughs> oh hello I just think it's just perfect isn't it this is Rasputin by Boney M which just has it's one of the most energetic songs you could possibly find this basically should have been in our can't I help but dance playlist I typed this in to Spotify and I was like I looked at it and I was like nah <laughs> I can't <laughs> it's just I love that it's sneaking suspicion it is it is it so you just can't. Oh, extra. Yeah. But it's like, it completely <laughs> accepts that it's, it's extra. So it's, it's from a 1978 uh, album, Night Flight to Venus, which is a massive, like, European disco hit, which basically just took off. Um, number one in all sorts of countries around Europe. Okay, so you're shifting forward maybe 20 or so years in history. Um, and also, and also in like literally exactly 20 years in terms of when the songs were released um, this is Holland 1945 by the Neutral Milk Hotel from their 1998 album In the Aeroplane Over the Sea so I thought Rasputin is about a historical figure that is just so about him there's nothing about the song that isn't about Rasputin it's just telling his life and telling all the rumours that surrounded his life Whereas this is a song and an album. This is the only single from the album. It's basically through various different people unpicking the lyrics and little hints offered by the um, the, the frontman Jeff Mangum that it's actually influenced on the Diary of Anne Frank. Um, obviously, Anne Frank, you know, Amsterdam, 1945. This song is called Holland, 1945. You know, right. that's 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 the most ob- that's one of the most obvious links that it has, um, and it's because I, he said basically in an interview that he he read the book, couldn't stop crying for about three days after, was really influenced by it, and decided to write an album, a concept album about it, and various different bits. There are little just hints about, yeah, about about her that you can sort of gain if you listen to the album, but a lot of it is very dreamlike, which reflects basically how he was just so consumed by it. And he said that he would often dream about, dream about basically being with her and actually rescuing her. Different type of history, different type of music. This is King Kunter, Kendrick Lamar, from his 2015 album. Is like Titanic album. It's just such an amazing album to put into his So the reason why this is in my, well, other than just being an unbelievably good song. The reason why this is in my um, playlist is because I wanted I wanted to include something about Black History. Um, it's obviously very timely. Um, so it's been, the title itself is linked to a, the archetypal rebellious Kunta Kinte, who's basically a character from a 1976 novel by Alex Haley called Roots, the saga of an American family. Um, I mean, Alex Haley, the writer, suggests that he actually got this from learning about a Gambian man born in 1750 um, about this this uh, this character. But actually, it turns out that that was completely wrong, and he just stole another writer's 
character and idea, and that was this is Brilliant. settled in court. But anyway, the way that Lamar um, uses it is basically Lamar watched the series of this character, um, who's basically this uh, this massively rebellious slave who sticks up for himself and others, who uh, gets his leg cut off, um, which is referenced in the song's lyrics itself, um, and he elevates this slave. Um, the symbol of a rebellious slave to be a king in this song mm. um, and in an interview I watched of him um, talking to NME he basically says that he suggests that it will take more than cutting off the foot of King Kunta cutting off my feet um, to suppress this slave and other black ancestors such as Kendrick Lamar himself um, and the song itself is a triumph for um black rights in respect that it's energetic it's fierce it's defiant um it's strong and it basically so yeah as it was, as i said just a slave a lowly slave who's this this symbolic slave he elevates him to this this yeah champion sure. status so next shift in histories again so this is 70s 80s by nightmares and wax from their 2002 album Mind Elevation. She was into adamant and wuthering ice. I was getting into madness and grip the bikes. Momental work things I had no complaints. And it's basically telling a history about someone's childhood about growing up in a particular time, in a particular place. Um, packed full of references. Um, he references stuff like if you watch out for Kate Bush's Wuthering Heights is mentioned. Um, Adam the Ant, uh, the emergence of ska and reggae music in Britain, subcultures such as skinheads, um, football hooliganism and racism, um, even Jim will fix it is uh, is reference, which hasn't necessarily <laughs> aged as well as it they may be intended. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at its core, it's basically a massive critique on Thatcher and uh, and that government of the eighties. One of the lyrics says that Thatcher basically likens her to a witch, saying that she cast a spell called depression, made a living hell, turned man against man, uh, forgot the boys and girls, um, which is all about her mm. encouraging neoliberal thinking and privatising everything like uh, BT and mm. railways, um, and basically celebrating a sort of Wall Street ethos of greed is good. Right. This is probably one of my favourite songs ever. Actually, wow! So this oh, is this is Vincent by Don McLean from his 1971 album American Pie, which obviously includes the famous song American Pie. Yeah, very famous. Yeah. Paint your palette blue and grey. Look out on a summer's day. I love how rather so Rasputin itself that song was just biographical. It's just telling his life. And just what all the things that happened to him, um, the kind of person he was, the kind of rumours that were about his death. Whereas this one is a different type of way of writing about history and a historical figure. It's basically a conversation. It's an imagined conversation with with Van Gogh, um, basically reassuring him that you're not crazy in the same way that people thought you were. Um, you're a tortured human being that deserves to be listened to. Um, that is almost exactly the same premise as that Doctor Who episode. Yeah, I mean that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean that that Doctor Who episode, the bit when he takes Vincent Van Gogh to the gallery, to the, the modern gallery. gallery, and Bill Nighy's there, and 
and and he asks Bill Nighy, "What do you think about Van Gogh?" And Bill Nighy, basically in the in the most Bill Nighy way possible, tells yeah. tells him in he gives that monologue. Uh, and it's yeah, just I love his oh, Van Gogh. Yeah. yeah, this is one of Tupac's. This is one of Tupac's favorite songs. So Tupac the rapper. That's a good fact. And this is oh that Tupac. Yeah. Oh, right, what are the yeah. two oh, well, two pack? All right. So this is yeah. played in hospital in the six days before between when he was shot and when he died. He requested this to be played for him. Wow, that's a good fact. That's a good fact. I would not. I mean, it is on Wikipedia, so it could have been completely made up. But well, yeah, it'd have been a bit of a sick joke if it was. <laughs> To be fair, who's gonna who's gonna <laughs> verify it? Not too back. Um, and this is my last song. So Sounds I right. thought I'd changed slightly tact and message completely. So this is the last one. It's called uh, "Don't Mention the War" by the Divine Comedy, which is a uh, uh, I mean a guy slash band who I absolutely love. Forwards and backwards, you can say anything, just don't say that word. This is taken from the 2019 soundtrack of an Amazon series called Modern Love. Um, the title itself is obviously a reference to the classic line from the Faulty Towers episode of the Germans, which has come under a bit of scrutiny recently, being taken off. Yeah. But I think that's mainly for the uh, racial slur from the character of the Major. Um, it's less so, I think, about actually the Germans, because that's basically completely taking the piss out of how the Brits can't move on rather than the Germans yeah. themselves um, and actually I think quite ahead of its time seeing as it's made in the 70s I think that's quite ahead of its time that kind of attitude that it's championing it's less about history with a lowercase h more about history with a capital H but actually how it's done rather it's than less, yeah it's less yeah. about a historical yeah. event and more about, about actually how we consider it which is actually the stuff that I'm more interested in so um, when this popped up on Spotify uh, six months ago I sort of I jumped to it well that was a fantastic playlist Henry thank you for that and we'll go on to our next playlist which is by Lewis hello so I kind of wanted to have a bit of like a strong sort of theme to this as well obviously there's a very strong theme of history but like a a narrative throughout the playlist itself Uh, and actually the first and the last song kind of break it a little bit but they want them to be there anyway uh, so we're opening up with. So you're opening up by not. <laughs> yeah. This song is "Being for the Benefit of Mr. Kite" by the Beatles. The band begins at ten to six when Mr. K performs his tricks without a sound. This is a song that I didn't know by the Beatles really until researching this. Like I'd heard it while listening to Abbey Road, but. It wasn't one that I knew. Sorry, Abby Rose. Sergeant Peppers. Sergeant Peppers, <laughs> apologising. So, being for the benefit of Mr. Kite, it was a song inspired when John Lennon uh, was in an antique shop and found this old poster for a circus in the 1800s. Uh, and it talked about this Mr. Kite, who was a, a circus performer, a, a black man at the time. The interesting thing about the song is every single word that he's saying is taken directly from that poster that he, oh, wow. that he found. Well, so from the poster. So even and of course Henry the Horse dances the waltz. That's that's on the poster. Yeah, that sounds very the thing much is, like the poster. The, the difference is I read it on the Wikipedia page. The only difference between the poster and this is the horse wasn't called Henry. Oh, what? 
it had some, it had weird. some other ridiculous name that he didn't it didn't fit so well as Henry the horse. So they changed uh, yeah. the that's name quite Henry. a good way to. That's quite a cheap way to write a song, isn't it? You just get a poster. And just I think it. it's very. It's it sort of works for history because it's literally history. Like it's nothing else besides that. That's fantastic. <laughs> that is fantastic, Lewis. Okay, so now we're going into Billie Holiday's "Strange Fruit." Uh, so this is when my theme An kind of starts. Song. What I wanted to do uh, was basically I want to tell just the history of the world uh, since music started being distributed through music of the time. So okay. this is from obviously from Billie Holiday's 19, sorry, 1954, and details you know these strange fruit hanging from the poplar trees in the southern US. You know obviously yeah. being uh, referencing to lynched black bodies. Uh, it's a really powerful song, obviously. It's sort of very emotional. I'll give it a moment, I guess, to play out. Black bodies swinging in the And this is the one song, actually, that when I, um, when I first started making this playlist, it was the first song I put on. I knew I wanted it here before. This was the same for me. Yeah. I, put, I put this on straight away. I took it off, fortunately. Okay, so now we're moving. To the year 1969, the summer of oh, love. Yeah. Also, the year of the Apollo 11 moon landing. Uh, this song is "Space Oddity" by David Bowie from his also 1969 album. Interestingly, this song was apparently released. Literally days before the moon landing happened. Ooh. Good timing. Literally, literally days. And uh, yeah, he really, he really read the room. Man. <laughs> yeah, he did. But then the BBC used it uh, for their footage of the moon landing, like when it actually happened. This song was playing while they when they aired that. And Bowie thought it was great, but he thought he said he commented later in the media saying they didn't really listen to the lyrics, did they? Because of the you know, yeah. Major Tom crashes yeah. and dies. That's right. In space. No. I can't imagine how, I can't imagine the feeling of watching that footage and also just hearing this song. Those together, I think, would be just, just yeah. Like even listening to this song by itself because it gives me chills a little bit. Has that real sort that's of that's the one thing I'd effect. like to like experience in history. I think just that moment. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those sort of moments of cultural shock a little bit, where everyone's like, "Wow, that's actually happening in the world everywhere." It's one of those songs that actually. Because it's so, because it's played so often, um, and and from such a well-known person, you often forget just how good it is. You actually have to just yeah. sometimes just oh, listen yeah. to it, listen to it the whole way through to actually appreciate just how just sort of mystical and ethereal it is, yeah. and, and and just yeah, how much it great word. and how much it changes as well. It's just so yeah, it's perfect, isn't it? Really. So I'll give you a little hint. My next song is from the year 1972. 71, I apologise. 1971. Is it the birth of Andrew and Sarah Edwards? It is not the birth of Andrew and Sarah oh, Edwards. Damn. Actually, it's a, it's a hearkening back to something I've already mentioned in a very different style, I believe. Oh. So again, 1971. From the album What's Going On. This is Marvin Gaye's What's Going On. You see, war is not the answer, for only love can. 
again detailing the issues that black people were facing in the US at the time. I think it juxtaposes nicely against sort of the Billy Holiday track. You know, it was released nearly 20 years later. And you know, the issues are still as prevalent then as they are when you know, Holiday released her track. And I think, again, you can argue that it's the same thing today. And it's just a fabulous track. I really, really love this song. It's just everything about it is perfect. Like the, even the instrumental, you know, is just beautiful. It's sort of a quintessential Motown sound taken to the absolute peak. And yet, still ahead of its time in terms of this kicks off a huge, all like soul movement. This huge soul movement that the seventies is known for, isn't it? So from nineteen eighty-five, from their album. Songs from the big chair. This is Tears for Fears. Everybody wants to rule the world. Jesus. Yeah, yeah you kept it. <laughs> Another one of my favourite songs ever. <laughs> I'm really crying from this choice. It's just. It's just so timeless. It's it's what it is such a good song. It's so good. It's, the song obviously is about sort of not directly, but it has the uh, sort of concept explores of sort of nuclear war of of the rising nuclear power of the Cold War and speaking about how all these parties are playing at each other and everyone wants to rule the world. This is from the 1986 album Graceland. This is Paul Simon, oh, the opening track from that album. The boy in the bubble. It was a slow day and the yeah. sun was this is a big, big banger. And again, speaking of uh, you know a world which contains you know nuclear bombs, these tensions, and specifically it talks about you know sort of the change away from conventional warfare and moving towards sort of terrorism and the larging of terrorist attacks around that time. It's still going on today. You had your you had your eye on our expressions as you said the word Graceland. I did. I was waiting for you just to say it. And you, just, <laughs> you just got uh, you just coming your pants a little bit. I like how the uh, also the album cover is like the Bayo Tapestry, isn't it? So another bit yeah. of his, another bit of history in there. Another bit of history in there. This Ooh, album's actually got a great story. If you don't know it, I'll tell it anyway. Do it. So Paul Simon covered, uh, traveled to South Africa in sort of the early 80s, feeling, you know, exasperated, tired of his life in New York where he was writing with music. And he met all these people and he wrote this album featuring his really heavy African influences. He's an important figure in how we process music now, which is music coming from all parts of the world. Um, world music essentially just you know and all put in one bowl and bits pinching different components from various yeah. different traditions okay so we're now heading forward again to the year 1989 from the album the stone roses this is the stone roses with the song bye bye bad song possibly from their massive massive record uh sort of defined an era of early 90s teenage sort of angst happening at the time in, in the uk uh basically invented indie music as we know it today 
that along with the Smiths. Uh, yeah, this album incredible. This song details actually, interestingly, uh, a, a set of riots in Paris in 1968. Uh, student riots where famously, uh, allegedly famously, the, the students were hit with tear gas. As in, it's a, a, what I mean by that, I mean, people say it a lot, but it's not actually confirmed right. if it's true. Uh, but to, to sort of combat the tear gas that they were being fought, uh, thrown at them, they would hold lemons in their mouth, to, apparently, because that helps you get through tear gas. And the lemons, all over this, al- this album cover, which obviously now become a bit of an icon of the Stone Roses, mm. uh, is inspired by that also. I didn't know that. Okay, we're moving forward to 1994. How exciting. Yep. And into uh, Northern Ireland. This is Zombie by the Cranberries. Uh, From their album, uh, No Need to Argue, from 1994. song again kind of iconic in that sort of grunge movement very famous today uh, and it details sort of the troubles and it's a bit of a protest song against the troubles I've not heard this song have you not heard the song really it's, it's, it's very very famous classic classic 90s song and great sort of the, height of the height of the grunge movement yeah. is what I, you know kind of mm. feels like the sort of thing that I would have heard mm. maybe in the, in the chorus you might have heard it uh, yeah, so basically it's about the 1993 uh, IRA bombing in Warrington. This is one of those songs in my uh, on car journeys um, uh, we'd um, listen to as a as a family. Yeah, and sort of and yeah, feel like we're just the coolest people in the world. Just it's such a cool song, bello- bellowing this song out. And it also helps because her voice is imperfect and goes all kinds of places. Sure. It means that uh, means that anyone anyone can sing along and not feel embarrassed, basically. So this is uh, my ninth song. It's Foster the People uh, with Pumped Up Kicks. The song has just got yeah, a lot of uh, radio play, a lot of you know, sort of exposure in popular culture, but I find that a lot of people don't know it's what it's really about. Uh, I was speaking to my girlfriend yesterday, and she you know, had no idea that this song was about the Columbine shooting in 1999. I didn't. I don't. Uh, did I know this? I don't think I did either. No. Really? So like, you know, it's always a very positive song that has, uh, you know, all of these happy, go lucky, you know, festival summer vibes. Yeah. When really, you know, it's singing from the, you know, the the singer is singing from the perspective of the Columbine shooter. Mm. You know, sort of the first big school shooting in the US. Okay, so my final song is the other one that breaks the sort of the, the ordering a little bit. Uh, this song was written in 2013, but it details events from 1972. And I put it last because I wanted to put it last. Okay. Uh, this is Contact by Daft Punk from their 2013 album Random Access Memories. This is the last song uh, from that album. Uh, and it's the last song Daft Punk ever released as Daft Punk. 
uh, and I think it's great. So it's sort of this six and a half minute epic that details the uh, Apollo 17 mission, and it's featuring now. You can hear this; these are all clips from the the pilots of the uh, Apollo 17 mission. This is the final ever space mission in the Apollo series, you know, launched from U.S. soil, and it's the last time that any human ever left uh, low low Earth orbit. Who would have actually thought, like back in 1972, that that would be the last time? How was that? Happened. Three years after, after we, you know, we landed on the moon in 1969, and three years later, that never doing sad. it again. And like we're in 2020, yeah, and no one, we just we're bought. We're obviously there's either not enough money, but there's but it's got to just be we we feel like we've done it, and unless we're doing something truly groundbreaking like going to another planet, there's not really much. There's also the element that there's not a lot to do on the moon. There's not a lot to do on the moon. No, that's not right. But we could definitely have been by, been in Mars by now if we yeah. if we kept yeah. going the same pace that we had done. After that uh, cracking playlist from Lewis, we'll go on to the final playlist of the episode, and that is mine. So we're starting this off pretty simply, actually. Pretty basic. It is a song called Old Admirals, Admirals by Al Stewart from his 1973 album Past, Present and Future which is a fitting album name in itself But the war it ran its course they could find no use for me And I live in the country now It's just about a song a very simple almost poem about uh, Admiral Lord Fisher who who was who was just this big admiral and he resigned in 1915. Big he was like this big shot a admiral. Big old admiral. <laughs> was he big, big physically or like uh, culturally? I have, I have no information about his physical size. He worked, as this song tells, in a very key period, obviously, in that transition from wooden ships. So he started his career on wooden ships and ended just before the First World War. Right. When obviously, like, so there'd been this massive change in his what well, in basically in, in how we travelled on the sea. In the materials of the period. ship. Exactly. And just you know, and just the, and sea travel as a whole. Which it was much probably quite an interesting time of history. Sure, I, I would say. Okay. My next song is People Will Always Need Coal by Public Service Broadcasting. Mm. It's from the twenty seventeen album Every Valley, which is about a very popular song topic, but I'm not sure necessarily a popular album topic. Uh, the closing of the Welsh coal mines. South Wales coal fields will be turning out best Welsh for a few hundred years yet. Which obviously had just a massive effect on the communities, as we all know, and as we all, as you can like still clearly see if you go there, if you go to Brynmawr, Mother Tidville. It's just, it's so apparent. I, mean, I was very close to putting a public service broadcasting song in, but I I had a big suspicion that you would put one in. So I thought I'd, I'd, yeah, I think that's thought I'd save that. it for you. And I'm, but I'm really happy it's in there because it's such mm. a pure way of... of it's, it's history in itself. It's literally picking yeah. up... It's, it's history transposed onto, onto music. Onto, it's just, onto it's music so music. clever. And I think this is... I think this is my favourite song from that album, actually. Um, 
Yeah, I think it's certainly the strongest song from that album, and I don't think it's a particularly no, strong I album. No, I don't. Especially considering what they what they did with the race yeah. space. This is the way you used to do by Queens of the Stone Age from their 2017 album Villains. It's not attached to any particular historical events. I think the two things are this reference is literally just the past, and also their album, their their artist name uh, is obviously historical. So there you go. Uh, it's definitely not as it's definitely more superficial than some of the songs that are on all of our website. But I really like it as a song, and I'm glad I had a tenuous opportunity to do it. It's very energetic and it's very rocky. I'm a big fan of Queen of the Stone Age generally. I'm glad you got you got a song in, even if it is yeah, exceptionally tenuous. But is it about is it about the past? Oh, yeah. Is it about the uh, what's it about? So, the way you used to do. <laughs> right. Okay. There you go. But that's it. It's, it's in the title is in the past tense, so you can't history. Yeah. Every yeah, history is important. Sorry. This is someone's personal history. This is a yeah, personal I, history. And we've yeah. been using a lot of time these broad histories about movements and events. It's important to... Often often about history that matters, but this one, it doesn't I, I disagree. I think all all history matters. Every story deserves deserves to be told. As it deserves yeah. a voice, and here it is. It's I, got a voice. And I'm not going to silence it. I'm going to listen. <laughs> the sultry tones of Josh Homme telling this story. So yeah, this is this is the one. This is the one that was in the heavy first. My next song is "Nice and Long Knives" by Everything Everything. I can tell. I haven't. I've not heard this song by Everything Everything before. Have you not? I really enjoy. It's really good. A lot of their a lot of their songs, as I've read (laughs) recently. A lot of their songs are very political, yeah. and this album especially focused on bringing political opinions from both sides of the political spectrum, which I found quite interesting. Yeah, even interesting. though there's, even though some of the things he doesn't actually agree with himself. Yeah. For example, he uh, one of the other songs, "Run the Numbers," was about Brexit and why people voted for Brexit, mm. but he's he's against it. So I just found that in, like an interesting, an interesting it's definitely concept yeah, it's good that yeah they can have that sort of you can hold that position a little bit. I th- yeah, and that's sort of yeah he's just doing it for the sake of the art, yeah. isn't he? I think this this song in particular is using the history of the like the Night of the Long Knives is basically this uh, this sense of dread that you're being watched and that some mm. and that you're gonna get snuffed out if you make a wrong step as basically a way to uh, reflect today basically that where you're being watched all the time um, and that mm. feeling that you're going to be there that you're going to have your neck on the block if you make a wrong turn mm. um, interestingly Everything Everything's upcoming album Reanimator is coming out in August this year so we don't have to... oh I saw a single but yeah. I haven't listened to we it we don't have to wait so I'm don't have to wait long for it and I just think this yeah. this song's a, a really good example of what they can do. It's a bit bit darker than some of their more popular stuff as well. This album is a lot more deliberate and sort of heartfelt than their other much more energetic and still well obviously very enjoyable album. Yeah. But this is a this is a more this they're focusing a lot more on the sort of humanity and and feeling of, of this album. Yeah. I think it comes through very strongly. Okay, so my next song is uh, very different to what I normally put on. Mm. Uh, it's called Farewell to Stromness. It's a well. This version is a piano solo. It's a 
It's a classical piece written by Peter Maxwell Davis. It was written as a protest song against, um, it's another small bit of history actually, uh, a proposed uranium mine on the Orkney Islands, which is where he's from. And I think it's, for such a simple melody, I think it's really powerful. And um, the, pro the protest itself was this silent march through, through the only town in Orkney. So it's this tiny, like, settlement on this barren island and it's just this this really powerful protest against their way of life uh, against a change to their way of life and i think it's sort of it's such a powerful song for me and i think it's mm. just really really pleasant and it does build very slowly and very slightly towards the end i really like that song so that uh, was fantastic that's beautiful that yeah, was absolutely beautiful it was, it was a little different from from what you've come to expect from me which is not the case for this Ooh. next song it's the curse oh, empire no <laughs> this is a song <laughs> this is a song that you are all familiar with mm. very familiar it's taro by old j yeah, man. on their 2012 album an awesome wave which we've sort of well i it's just been an enduring album but i didn't realize the historical context of this song until i was researching for this playlist yeah i remember seeing it on like a list of songs that have historical meanings and I, I don't remember reading it so I don't know what it's about. Is it, isn't it, isn't it about some photographers in Indonesia? It's about a, raw, a, a war photographer, a really a really sort of prolific war photographer. Uh, she was one of the first women in the field of war photography and but she died in the Spanish Civil War which is what this song is about. Well this song is about the love story between herself and her husband. They're both, uh, they're both Jewish, so, and she was born in a Jewish family in, in Germany in, in 1910, which is obviously um, bad unlucky. time for Not a good time to be a Jewish um, person in, in Germany. No. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, and then, uh, and she met another, she met another Jewish person, and this is their, um, this is a song about their love story, but as well about her, her, mm. her death. So this is another fairly simple song. It is... Passchendaele. Nice job. By, by Good Books. Uh, it's from their 2007 album Control, and it's just a biography of a man that falls in Passchendaele. Jack was born towards the end of the 19th century. What? For, for, so for those who don't know what to fall into Passchendaele is. What, Hello. What and and me? What 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 on earth does that mean? Yeah. Passion yeah what's that? A type of butter? It was, it's that big World War. It's that big World War One. Is battle. it? Oh. Yeah. It's good oh, for right, me. Then. So okay. So Passchendaele is is one of the biggest and most famous uh, battles of the Great War. And and many many people died. And and this is a biography of of one of those wow. people. I, I unfortunately it does ring a bell, and now you say it, it makes a bit. But I'm not. I don't think I could have told you that. 
that it was a yeah I, oh, really? I, my, my, I think you should, I think you should have my that military <laughs> history knowledge is not good I'm not massively mm. interested in battles mm. and the winners and the losers oh there you go <laughs> um, I'm not ridiculous fair enough but but really yeah with a history degree you would expect me to know that this next oh, song is one Lewis will be familiar with with his Henry's already putting down a mark he knows it isn't like no, I, I, no I'm writing so down the title <laughs> <laughs> this is The British Are Coming by Weezer So is this one of your like, this one of your indie punk bands, is it? Yeah, that's not that. They're very, very, very famous. To be fair. Yeah. So they're one of those sort of the big uh, rock pop bands of the of the mid noughties They sort of like. Yeah. They sort of started out in the late nineties as the sort of uh, a very very uh, of the time garage rock band. Uh, they they will have influenced all the indie. Yes, but however, by the sort of the mid noughties they'd become a bit of a generic Kutty Kapka sort of rock mm, rock pop right. band. Faded and faded into oh, the masses. Okay. Right. So my next song is "Holy War" by Rainbow Kitten Surprise. This is from their 2018 album "How to Friend Love." Starts off their little article by saying the best artist name ever. Oh, don't really like the artist name. <laughs> anyway, that's beside the point. The song itself um, is it has a lot of references to uh, obviously historical holy wars or you know, the, the famous historical holy wars, but it it draws the comparisons between that and modern day. Well, it's about America, so Monday America, Monday, Monday politics, and Monday society. So it's very much a commentary of modern society. So it's very political in that sense. But it does, it ha- it just draws on the comparison of of the holy wars and and sort of how we're seeing history repeat itself. Mm. And also, Rainbow Good and Surprise are actually cracking. Yeah, they are. They are really good, actually. They're deceptively good. Um, I overlooked mm. them for a long time, and I've started listening but to them. But no again. more. I'm just, I'm enjoying no more. it. So, mm. no, it's, it's good. It's, it's good that you've um, that's been a theme with quite a few of our songs, isn't it? That it was certainly yeah. for at least, yeah, like King Kunta of mine. I think Knights of Long Knives, obviously Perestroika. They all they all linked history to mm. times now mm. and how we can, uh, we should really be learning our lessons, even though we potentially yeah. aren't. Um, mm. And I think that, that that's it's that's quite it's quite uh, affirming that all of us picked up on that because that's that's mm. basically at its purest uh, you know at its if you're trying to argue about the worth of history and the worth of doing history and people understanding history that is the argument that really you should be taking. Two pack the rapper. <laughs> <laughs> No, this is, this oh, is never sorry. too like, actually. 
So this is Trapped by Tupac the Rapper <laughs> from his album <laughs> Tupac Lips Now from 1991. It's a very defining artist of the, of the 90s and it's just about, it's about police brutality against black people and, and just the inherent racism from, uh, that he, he himself experienced from police on this occasion. And uh, obviously, that it's it's been part of history, unfortunately, for a long time, and it continues to be part of history as it's written today. Mm. And I think that as as Tupac, the, as Tupac the rapper is such a, is such a, an influential artist himself, uh, I thought he deserved to be yeah, first. Sure. Absolutely. I'm I'm glad that we've taken the opportunity to actually, yeah, basically, talk about, yeah, talk about what's obviously going on in the world at the moment, and appreciate that that mm. is mm. not just history but also our present um, is a is an important mm. important thing to recognise because as as I said earlier, the the worry is to fall into the trap all the time when talking about history about talking about these, you know, big walls, so big wars, uh, big mm. events, big. Big people, big events like uh, the moon landing, as we've said. Um, uh, yeah. Um, whereas it's it's nice. To, it's it's refreshing to see that we've all picked a variety of different histories, from Northern Ireland to um, the uh, oppression of Black Lives to uh, to a to, to Orkney. Orkney. I was literally just about to say to a Indonesian photographer. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think it's been I think it's been a really fun a fun place. Yeah, I really I agree. Because that was what I was hoping for when I picked it is to have basically as much of a as much of a jump between various different histories as possible. Um, you know, mm. histories going up to the modern day, and highlighting how in different songwriters can actually use history as a tool to make some kind of commentary, or just express some kind of love or some kind of sensation, or just to, or in the sake of. Taro, for example, just tell a story because they want to tell that story. Mm. Um, it doesn't have to always have this big barbed point. Okay, so at the end of those three fantastic playlists, if I do say so myself, we will come together to talk about our favourite song that we've never heard before, our favourite song that we have heard before, our least favourite song from today, and the most appropriate song for the title of the playlist. Henry, you're going to go first. Okay, so I was I was really humbled to listen to your two playlists. I really enjoyed them both. Um, Lewis's mainly just because it was just like hit after hit. Mm. It was just a just ridiculous. It got it got to ridiculous levels. Um, particularly the first five songs, um, just ridiculous. And James is because of the just the uh, the variety um, and there's quite a lot of stuff. The majority of which I hadn't heard of before, um, no. which is really nice. So my favourite familiar is uh, a really difficult toss-up between Taro by Alt J and Space Oddity by Bowie. Ooh. Actually, mm. I found myself because I don't listen to Space Oddity that much because I think that it's overplayed, rightly or wrongly. I enjoyed that listening to it. Then more so than I did mm. enjoy Taro, just because I think I listen yeah, to Taro quite a lot that. anyway. Mm. So in terms of one that that you know they're pretty much a draw in terms of my actual favourite from a bass level, but just from this 
evening alone, I'll go for Space Oddity. Um, okay. Yeah, so that'll, that'll be my favourite familiar. My favourite newcomer, it was actually Farewell to Stromness, mm. that piano solo. It was gorgeous. Mm. Um, and I, I just sent me different. Um, yeah, I really like that. I'll definitely listen to that again. Um, yeah. Quite a few times, I imagine. And yeah, so my least favourite was The British Are Coming by Weezer. That didn't yeah. do a huge amount Fair for enough. me. Mm-hmm. But I will say that that was the only one which, the only song out of every single one that I haven't already listened to or won't listen mm. not listen to again. Do you know what I mean? I'll, I'll listen to all mm. of them again other yeah. than that one. That one didn't capture me. But still, it wasn't bad. It, did, it wasn't insulting, mm. but as you, I think you touched upon it, it was yeah. just it was going through the motions. Yeah, but um, yeah. I'll, I'll take your word for it. I'll, I'll 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 dig into their other stuff, and then the first two albums are really worth listening to. Yeah, um, and the most appropriate, I th- I think I said it at the time. I think being for the benefit, of Mr. Kite, partly because I didn't know that it was about that history, and it is mm. at a pure form. It is it is history. Because yeah. it's history, mm. it's like it's looking at something that seems in, inconsequential, taking some kind of inspiration for it, wanting to tell that story, and rather than just telling a story in your own terms, literally listing, lifting verbatim from the primary mm. source into a secondary source. Uh, you know, there's very little. There's, apparently, according to you, there's one word difference, which is the name of the horse, yeah. and that's the only thing separating it from a primary source to a secondary source. Wow, you really um, did do that, fair. Is <laughs> is yeah so I thought I really liked that I thought I'll give that the most appropriate because it's as you said it's not talking about some massive important seemingly important history but it's history nonetheless and someone's story that uh, Lennon t- thought deserved to be told so there we go yeah thanks uh, okay, okay great so um, so I go next? Lewis will give us his next cool uh, I think favourite familiar had to go to Tarot for mm. me it's you know it's such a good song it's a song that you know, like you said has been with us for such a long time it's like my favourite al- song off that album my favourite album of theirs as well like I don't know yeah I really really like that song it got a 10 for me uh, and the only other song to get a 10 from me uh, today is my favourite newcomer which was uh, Night of the Long Knives oh. by Everything Everything like I hadn't heard that one by them before that's a newcomer to you Mm. It is, yeah. Like I, I don't know that much. Everything, mm. everything, honestly. Like, oh, listen to it, the big listen hits. To it in your own time, for sure. Like, yeah, I think that album and, actually yeah. has sort of passed mm. me by. And like, there's, there's the album before that is I've listened to before through to through, and I love that album. But this one just passed mm. me by a little bit. And also listen to it loud because it's got that great bit before the chorus that yeah. sort of just rouses in. And it's I would say, strong. I would say that's an album that's deserving of high quality headphones and just mm. sitting down. Yeah. And that's your activity. It's got. It's it creates a. Album. Yeah, it creates a powerful sense of dread, as uh, Superhands would say. Right. <laughs> Great. Uh, so then my least favourite song. It was a bit of a, uh, yeah, hard decision to make. Obviously, lots of very, very, very good standing from everybody here today. But I gave it to seventies, eighties, uh, just because they didn't do that much for me. Like I appreciated it enough. But it wasn't something that I uh, that I would probably listen to again. That's fine. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, I think I think that was, I think that's probably my least favorite song of the ones that I put in. But I thought yeah. it's a history that I wanted to talk about. So, yeah. Mm. Yeah, and I and I definitely definitely respect that. 
And the most appropriate. And then my uh, my most appropriate, I'm gonna give to the town I love so well. Thank you. Mm. Uh, I think that yeah, I really appreciate that as a as a piece that sort of as I mentioned before in my sort of in my section about how it you know it's somebody telling a story a, t- a story of a very particular moment in time from that place and from that time you know mm-hmm. which I really appreciate and I think that's very appropriate to to a history playlist oh I'm glad okay. of that thank Great. you Great. and I will finish and off if, unless you've got something else to say that no I was literally just about to bring you in uh, James what do you reckon oh well thank you for bringing me in there uh, the best familiar my favourite familiar undoubtedly Night of the Long Knives by Everything Everything I was well wait that was Oh, it's on my playlist as well. Fuck, I forgot that. Yeah, that's all right. You you can cheat. You can cheat. Oh well, fine. yeah, fine. I'm gonna I did. Cheat. I think. I think I did it last. I think I did it last <laughs> week. I'm gonna cheat and say Night of the Long Knives uh, because oh, I was so I was so happy to see that on there, and it was the first one of the first songs that I thought of, um, and and one of the first songs that made me realize how fun this playlist could be, uh, and how varied mm. we could make it. My favorite new song um, goes to Zombie by the Cranberries. Mostly because oh. I'm kind of shocked that I haven't heard it before, and and because it is is kind of right up my street, and it's it's an enjoyable song. So I'm really cl- really glad that Lewis introduced introduced that to me, introduced that famous song to me. That song does have 450 million players. On yeah, Spotify. well there you go, and I and I didn't know it. There you go. So, it's all right. It's, this this is a safe space. This yeah. is a safe space. Yeah, I hope so. So yeah, and, yeah, and no that, judgment for that's us. another reason why. Like, I should, that's another reason why I should have heard it. Like, why haven't I heard a song from a genre that I like, a, a really famous one? Weird. So that's why. It, that's why it's got the place of my favorite new song. My least favorite song. Hmm. I'm gonna go with the crowd, uh, because it was so hard to choose. I thought Henry's playlist was absolutely cracking, and obviously Lewis's. You know, yeah, you know, you know, you know this is. Anyway, so I'm gonna go with Seventy Days <laughs> by whoever it was by. I'm gonna go with Seventy Days uh, for that one. Not, nightmares, nightmares and wax. Although I did enjoy it, I enjoyed listening to it, and I, I probably will listen to mm. it again. So there you go. I was really happy with these playlists. Uh, it most, doesn't have a. Sorry. That, sorry, that song doesn't have a huge amount of. Doesn't necessarily the the, the music itself. The lyrics I think are really good, mm. but I don't think that the music itself doesn't take you anywhere mm. too much it sort of stays more moderately the same for about five minutes which i think yeah for the for the sake of this when we're talking over the lyrics doesn't help it i think but yeah yeah so yeah um and my most appropriate i thought was strange fruit and that was the one that i certainly put on my playlist straight away and i think it's just so powerful and such a powerful and enduring part of history uh that Mm. and and as as you say, with your, with with parts of history that should be forgotten, that's certainly not one of them, and and I think that is such a such a powerful and appropriate song for that time and for history. So that's that's the one that I put up. Put my it's all, it's also aided by the fact that the lyrics are quite abstract. Mm. It's not it's not just nailing it on the head. I think if it did that, it would lose some of its. Some of its well, power. Then it, then it just becomes preachy at that point, doesn't it? Exactly, yeah. And, and I, mm. I think rec- li- listening to it and then actually unpacking the lyrics mm. and thinking, oh my god, that's what it's about. Yeah, it's, it adds that it's part. It, it, yeah. It's part of the harrowing nature of it. I, I, I must say that was the one. Other than if, I, if, it, if, if, if you hadn't have told me 
those facts about uh, Mr. Kite, that would be the one mm. that I would have picked as well. So yeah, very interesting three playlists and very enjoyable. I had a great time. That uh, was great. Our next playlist title is The Future. But thank you for listening anyway, and thank you guys. Uh, if, yeah, you, you, if you have any if you have any questions, criticism, want to contact us, want to suggest anything, want to tell us playlists of your own, uh, you can contact us on Twitter. We are at the playlist game. Good night. <laughs>